Okay, we talked about yesterday, if a person has four tzvachim of, not kashra schach, in the middle of his sukkah, is it a problem? Or is it only a problem to have not kashra schach in the middle of his sukkah if he has four amas? But each amas is about one and a half to two feet. <clears throat> so that would mean about six to eight feet of not kashra schach would be a problem, but anything less than that would be okay. So the Gemara bottom of Yudzayin and Bay is about three lines up, says, Toshma. That if a person has a board, which is four tfachim wide, then everyone agrees that it's a problem. If the board is less than four tfachim, Rebbe Meir Posel, Rebbe Huda Machs, Rebbe Meir says it's a problem. Rebbe Huda says it's okay. This was a Gemara earlier on Yadalid, which talked about which cases did the Rabbanan make a concern that a person will get confused between his sukkah and his house. Okay, the, the part which the Gemara by us is going to focus on is the top of Yerches. The Brisa says that everybody agrees that if you put a four tefach board, which is not kosher schach, but then in the next four tefachim, a person filled it with kosher schach, and then he continued with a four tefach board of not kosher schach, and then a four tefachim space of kosher schach, the sukkah is kosher. So if I look from a bird's eye view at my sukkah, what I'm going to see is I'm going to see a four tefach space of filled with a nat kosher schach, then a four tefach space filled with kosher schach, and I'm going to continue every other throughout the sukkah. So the Bryce told me that that sukkah is 100% kosher. So ask the Gemara, Bish, the Malamanda, Amr, that if you tell me, that the only time not kosher schach in your sukkah is going to be a problem is if there's four amas of not kosher schach, then I understand why it's kosher. Because if you look at my sukkah, I have a whole bunch of pieces of not kosher schach, which each one is only four tfachim, so it's less than four amas. But ask the Gemara that if you tell me four tfachim, of not kosher schach is already a problem, so why is this sukkah kosher? The Brisa said if you filled up your sukkah with a four tefach board, and then four tefachim of gutzchach, then four tefachim board, then four tefachim of gutzchach, the sukkah is kosher. If having four tefachim of not kosher schach in your sukkah makes your sukkah not kosher, so then why would it be in this case the sukkah is kosher? My sukkah is filled with four tefachim boards, which midirabbanon is schach posel, it's not kosher schach. So the Gemara says, from the Brisa, it would seem to be a proof, like the opinion, that the only time um, not kosher schach in a sukkah is going to make the sukkah not kosher, is if there's four amas. And since in this case, at most, in one place, there's four tfachim, therefore the sukkah is kosher. My answer is no. Now the case is that the sukkah is Eight amas exactly. The Yohiv Neser Upsal, the Neser Upsal, the Neser Upsal Mehai Gisa. He started from one side with not good schach, then good schach, not good schach, then good schach. The Neser Upsal, the Neser Upsal, the Neser Upsal Mehai Gisa. And then he started from the other side and did the same thing. Not good schach, good schach, not good schach, good schach. The Havalushne Psalim Beemta. And therefore, he ended up with a good sukkah in the middle. Just hold on one second. Therefore, he has a good sukkah in the middle. In other words, if you have eight amas, each amas six tvachim. 
So 6 times 8 is 48. Okay, so we have a 48 tefach sukkah. Now, 4 amas is 24 tefach. Okay, so I have a 48 tefach sukkah. If I cut it in half, then I have two, two halves of 24. Okay? If I hit 24 tefachim, then I cannot say dofen akuma. Because dofen akuma, you can say up until 4 amas, which is 24 tefachim. So it says the Gemara, you have 48 tefach sukkah, cut it in half. So we have 24 tefachim. Okay, so let's start from this side with our 24 tefach half sukkah. So I did not kosher, four tefachim, kosher, four tefachim. So now I'm at eight. Not kosher, kosher, not kosher. So that gets me to 20. Right? I did five. Not kosher, kosher, not kosher, kosher, not kosher. So I'm holding a 20 tefachim from my wall. Then I put a board of kosher. Okay, now I start from the other side. I do the same thing. Not kosher, kosher, not kosher, kosher, not kosher. So I'm holding 20 tefachim from my right wall. Then I put a kosher board. So if I look at a bird's eye view, the middle of my sukkah is two kosher boards next to each other. Outside of those, I have a combination of five different boards, which it doesn't really matter what they are. It, it would be the same thing if they were all not kosher. But in the Bryce's case, it was kosher, not kosher, kosher, not kosher, kosher. So what the Gemara is saying is the case of the Bryce is, since in the middle of my sukkah, I have two kosher boards together, which together is eight tefachim, which is big enough for a sukkah, and all the things outside, I can say dofen akuma arn, so that means consider it as if that's part of my wall, so that's why the sukkah is going to be kosher. The Gemara, the question was asking <coughs> that if you say four tefachim of not kosher schach is a problem, so why is this sukkah of every other going to be kosher? The Gemara, the answer saying that since the sukkah is eight amas exactly, and I'll tell you how the person in the case designed it. He designed it in a way that it, it's not really every other. It's every other, but he started from two opposite sides, which means by the time he got to the middle, the two boards were really both kosher schach, so then he can say dofen akuma on all the external boards, which makes it that his only real sukkah is that middle, and everything on the outside is really dofen akuma, which means halachically it's part of his walls. And therefore, there's really no schach puzzle. There's no schach which is not good in his sukkah. Because his sukkah is that middle, which is the two four, um, the two four pieces of kosher schach. Everything on the outside is not really his sukkah. So if he asks me, where, he, where can he sit? And he looks up and he sees this big, this big sukkah, but really, he can only sit in the four, in the, in the eight tefachim uh, in the middle of a sukkah, which is very, very, very small. Okay, so even though his roof looks like it's 48 tefachim wide, halachically, his sukkah is the middle eight tefachim, and the rest is really considered his walls. So that's how the Gemara is answering. That's the case of the brace. Okay. Okay, so meaning in halacha, we pass in that four tefachim of nat kosher schach would, yes, be a problem in the middle of a person's sukkah. Now, we don't hold like the more lenient opinion of four amas. Um, it's not so common that people would have not kosher schach on purpose in their roof. The easiest, the easiest way to have it would be from a gemara earlier, from the gemara daf test, which talked about having a tree over a person's sukkah. Which would a tree? I mean, it's it's dependent a little bit on the different opinions how to understand that gemara. But a, what a tree does is it makes the 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 kosher schach under the tree as if it's an as if it's not kosher schach. 
So here's where the question would come up, that if a person has enough of a tree hanging over his sukkah, now it's a little difficult because you have to be able to figure out what's directly above my skach. In other words, if you're, if you're eyeballing it, it's not so easy. The tree's 30 feet up to figure out where exactly the tree is. Okay, so I know some people, they use what builders use, which is a laser. That goes, that goes like at a 90 degree angle, exactly straight up. But this is where it would be more relevant. If a person would have a tree over a sukkah, and you have a way to calculate which parts of the tree is going to make that schach not kosher schach, then you have to start measuring, well, how much not kosher schach do I have? Which could, have, which, which could potentially make the whole sukkah not kosher if it's, if it's up to fourth fach. Okay, Amar Abai, Avir Shlosha, the sukkah gedola, says Abai, if a person has a space of three tfachim in a big sukkah, which we learned yesterday in the Mishnah, that's a problem, and he filled it in, whether it was with good schach, whether it was with not kosher schach, either way it solved the problem. Because if it's with good schach, so then he has more kosher schach, which is good, and he just has a little bit of space. If he filled it in with not kosher schach, the reason that's good is like the Gemara we learned yesterday, that if you have two different tracks, one is less than the amount of space, and one is less than the amount of not kosher schach, they don't add together to create a problem, and therefore, if you would measure the whole thing, it would look like a problem, but each one by itself is really 100% fine. Just want to clarify one thing. There, there's, there's two different conversations a person could have. One is, is my sukkah kosher? The second conversation is, where in my sukkah am I allowed to sit? Okay, so tomorrow's daf is going to touch upon this question, which is, if I have space in my sukkah, am I allowed to sit under that space or not? Okay, that's the second qu question, which is, after you tell me my sukkah's kosher, now you, can, now you can tell me where should I position my chair. Am I allowed to position it under the schach puzzle? Am I allowed to position it under the avir? Or not? Today's conversation is just, is my whole sukkah kosher, not kosher? At least can I sit under the, the schach parts of my sukkah? Okay. Sukkah katana, if a person has a minimum size sukkah, bekonim havi miyut, if he fills it in, so if he had three tfachim of not kosher schach, I'm sorry, of... Of, of, of avir, of space, in his small sukkah, his seven by seven tvachim sukkah, if he fills it in with kosher schach, so then he solved the problem, because now he has enough schach for his sukkah, but if he fills it in with not kosher schach, it does not solve the problem. The reason is what we learned yesterday, is that the problem there is that he doesn't have enough kosher schach. So the only way to solve that problem is to add more kosher schach. Uh, minimizing the, the, the space is, is going to help that there's not enough avir, but it's still not going to help the other problem, which is you need um, more schach to make your sukkah katana kosher. says When is this true? That's if the space, meaning if you have less than three tzvachim of avir, it's okay, the sukkah is kosher. That's if the space is next to a wall. Let's say a person has less than three tzvachim of avir in the middle of his sukkah. There's a disagreement between ravach and ravina. One says you can say lovud even though it's in the middle of your sukkah, and one says you cannot say lovud in the middle of your sukkah. 
Meaning the Mishnah told us if you have avir, a space, which is three tvachim wide, it's a pram. That means less than three tvachim is okay. Now, why is that okay? Because there's a halakha lemosh Messina called lavud, which has things less than three tvachim apart from each other, the halakha sees them as together. Now, here we're having a disagreement. They both agreed that's true. If here's my wall, and here's my schach, and here's my little space, they both agreed if it's less than three tvachim there, you can say lavud. They're having a disagreement, which they'll explain to us where they're coming from. They're having a disagreement. Let's say it's in the middle of your sukkah. Can you say lavud in the middle of your sukkah? Or do we only say lavud on the, on the part closest to the wall? So my time with the what was the source of the one that said you could say lavud even if it's in the middle? Tatanya, he learned in a brace. Mashi sent out the pictures for us. This will be picture number 115, if anybody wants to take a look. So a people to carry in this mavui, in this walkway. So if, it, if the beam is going out from one wall but does not touch the other wall, or you have two different beams coming out from each side, which don't come together, they don't totally touch each other, if the two beams are close enough, they're within three tvachim of each other, then that's okay. Uh, but if the two beams are more than three, are three tvachim or more apart, so then a person does need to bring, does need to get more materials. So we're seeing in this b'risa that you have two beams which are in the middle, in the middle of the two, there's a space less than three, and the b'risa is saying it's okay. So one man, the Amr is saying, from there I see, even though we're talking be'emtza, we're talking in the middle, still the halacha is saying lavud, which means see it as if the beam is really closed. So that's my source, so too by sukkah, that even though there's a space in the middle of the sukkah, that's okay. The idach, and the other one responds, shiny kurs the rabbanan. I could tell you maybe that's by Erevin. Over there, the whole problem was a derabbanan problem. So maybe there was a leniency that you could rely on lovud. But over here, where we're defining a kosher sukkah from the Torah, saying you don't have a source from there that's such a thing that you can say lovud even in the middle. Okay, so that was one of the person's Sources and the other one responded to the source. My time with the Madamar ain't loved by Emsa. And what's the source of the opinion that says you cannot say loved by Emsa? This is picture 116. Okay, so you had a, a, an opening in the person's roof, which was the size of a tefach. If there's something not something that's tummy in the house. Let's say there was a person who passed away in the house. Kulo tummy. So the whole rest of the house, except under that, the place uh, under that, that one opening is tummy. But the, the area, which is directly under that opening of one tefach by one tefach, would be tahar. Okay, so like in here, if you imagine just one of these squares was cut out. Okay, and there was something in the room which would, which would bring Tumah to the entire room. So the whole building 
anywhere which is under the roofing, the, the, the same roof would be considered one big room and the tum is everywhere. But what's under the one square directly down, imagine that square comes down, that's not defined as being in the same room since there would be no roof overhead. And therefore things in that place under that, under that square would be tohar. Tumah keneged aruba. And if the thing that the tumah would be under that square, kalabayis kulo tohar. So then there's no building which is hovering over the tumah. Ein baruba paseach tefach. And let's say that opening was less than the size of a tefach. Tumah bebayis keneged aruba tohar. Tumah can... Meaning then, if there's tumma nabayis still, the things under that opening are tahor. Tumma keneged aruba kalabayis kulo tahor. And if the, if the mace, the, the person who passed away, was under that opening, then the entire house would be tahor. Okay, so meaning... Okay, let's see one more line. The Gemara responds, V'idach shiny hilchas tumah dehachi gemiri luhu. Okay, so the Gemara was bringing a source. What was the source of the, the opinion that said, you don't say love it in the middle? Because the Mishnah told me that if it was a tefach, then you see it, you see it as being open, and you don't see it as being part of the rest of the house. If you would say love it even in the middle, so then it's less than three tefachim, so even though you're right, there's a hole in the ceiling, but say lovud, which would mean consider the ceiling as if it's closed. But you see from this halacha about tumah that we don't deal with it like that. So that's my source that you don't say lovud in the middle of a roof. The Gemara responds, no, the other one said, that's a specific halacha in the halachas of tumah, and therefore that's not a source for hilcha sukkah. Okay, so we have, we have two different a brysa and a mishnah, one sounds like you say love it in the middle, one sounds like you don't. They had their disagreement, which one should you learn from to, for relevant to us, if you have avir, you have an opening of space, less than three tefachim in the middle of your sukkah, is that going to be okay? Because you do say love it be'emsa? Or is that going to be a problem? Because if it's in the middle of the sukkah, you cannot say love it. Rabbi Yehuda Bar Yiloi said, If you had a house, <coughs> which part of it fell down in the middle of the room, you put kosher schach, you put your schach men on top of it, the sukkah is kosher. He explained, that if the materials from your wall to the kosher schach is four amas, then it's a problem, because that's too far to say dofen akuma, which means that your, your kosher schach is too far from your walls. But if that space is less than four amas, then it's going to be kosher like we learned in the Mishnah yesterday. In other words, he was clarifying when he said the statement that the sukkah is kosher, he only meant, assuming you can say dofen akuma, to knock out the materials which are not good for schach um, to get your wall close enough to your schach to be kosher. Darish Rabbi Huda Bar Simloi, about 10 lines up from the bottom. Now we were quoting different things that Rabbi Huda Bar Eloi said. So he said, Avruma Sharia. So Avruma Rashi says is a type of small fish, which it wouldn't be, you, wouldn't, you would not be able to figure out if there was other types of bugs inside of them. 
But he's coming and saying that those things a person is, yes, allowed to eat. Even though you can't figure out, you can't notice the bugs inside of them, it's okay. So why is that? Amr lefana rebi shmal perebiosi, rebi pirish kach amar abba, shalmakam ploni asura. He said, if it's from that place where there's bugs, there's shratzim that grow in that place where the fish are, then it's going to be a problem because you have to assume that there's going to be some bugs inside the fish and there's no way to check it. But if it grows in a different place, where in that river there's no types of the shratzim, which the Torah prohibits, so then it's 100% fine, even though you can't figure it out. But since you don't have to assume it's there in the first place, it's okay. Like Abayi said, Rashi says there's a type of small types of fish, of that river, the name, of, the, the name was Bav. The river of Bav is okay. My time. Why did he say that the fish in that river are, are okay? If it's because the water moves fast, a high dug tummy, and a not kosher fish came into less lechuta shedra lamoti koim, not kosher fish, kosher doesn't have a chuta shedra, which is like the spine makeup. So therefore, a not kosher fish wouldn't be able to survive in the water which moves that fast. So therefore, any fish that are there must be kosher. Says the Gemara, it's not true. We look in those types of rivers where the water is, yes, moving fast, and we see not kosher fish. So he can't be saying, because the water moves so fast, it has to be the fish are kosher, because we've seen not kosher fish in that type of water. Maybe it's because that type of water was very salty. Since it doesn't have any scales, low mutikoits, maybe the not kosher fish would not be able to survive the salty water because of its makeup, where it says, not true, we found in salty rivers, not kosher fish without scales, which, which survived fine. He's saying because in that river he was talking about, there weren't shratzim that grew there, and since there weren't shratzim, which is the things you're not allowed to eat, that grew there, therefore he was saying kosher fish for the bugs because it was too small to check, because um, you don't have to assume that there was any shratz in that grew there, it's okay. Okay, so that's, so we're, exp- you're, we're using that to explain what Rabbi Huda Bar Eli said. Rabbi Huda Bar Eli said, these types of fish are okay. We're explaining if it grows in a place where normally there's no shratzim, which normally there's no bugs, and therefore even though the fish is too small to inspect it, to find for any bugs, but since you don't have to assume there's bugs inside of it, a person's allowed to eat it. Okay, four lines up from the bottom. Amar Ravina, the idna de shavchi nar esan v'nahar gam de masira. But now that in that river, even though it doesn't produce shratzim, those bugs, but since there's another river that flows into it, which the uh, river that flows into it does have bugs, then you're not allowed to eat the fish from there the fish which you cannot check to see if there's bugs inside because you have to assume that even though the river which they grow in, which they were originally in, does not have bugs, but since there's another river flowing in with bugs, and you have to be cautious, you have to be concerned that the fish, the kosher fish you're eating is really filled with shratzim, which would be a problem. Okay, says the Gemara, it's Marsikech al-Gabi achsadra la patsim and ksheira. Okay, so the achsadra and this is picture 117. 
Okay, so the achsadra was yesterday. Imagine you had you had your U shape of housing. Surrounding the housing, you had an overhang, also in the shape of the U, pointed towards the center. Okay, now on that material, you put your schachmen. So says the Gemara, if you put schach on your achsadra, which is your, your roofing outside your housing. So the Gemara says, if there's patsimen, that's picture 117, which means you have your U-shaped house, which has a roof in the shape of a U. Holding up that roofing, so then that's really the roofing of your sukkah. And then when you put kasher schach in the middle, so then you're going to be 100% fine, because you made up your walls using lovud, that since you have a bunch of pillars, right, ima imagine a person has a porch. Okay, so if your porch, assuming the height is high enough, okay, and the bars are within three tvachim, which normally they are, so a person can technically make the walls of his sukkah, this might be a little more complicated practically, but just for, just for this point, a person could technically make the walls of his sukkah using his, his porch surrounding. Because what do you have? You have a whole bunch of wood, metal pegs, less than three tvachim from each other, assuming they hit ten tvachim high, which, which might depend on the opinions of ten tvachim, exactly how high your porch is. But assuming it goes all the way around and your schach would be directly above it, so then technically a person could make his sukkah without any privacy. In other words, everybody could see straight in because your wall could be here and the whole thing could basically be see-through. But that could be using love and that could be the wall of your sukkah. So that's very similar to what the Gemara is describing. It's describing you have a whole bunch of pillars holding up this overhang and then you put schach in the middle so you're using the pillars which are all within less than three tvachim from each other as the walls of your sukkah. She'ein lahem patzimen Let's say you don't have any pillars. Abaye Omar Kshera, Abaye still says, even though it looks like you don't have any walls, it's kosher. We'll see in a second why that is. Rav Omar Psula Rav says it's no good. Abaye Omar Kshera, Amrinan Pitikra Yorid Vesosi. Okay, so what this means, this is another halacha lemosha misinai, which is called Pitikra Yorid Vesosi. So Abaye is saying <coughs> that even though it looks like you don't have any walls, because you have this U shaped housing. Inside the U-shaped housing, you have your, so to speak, your deck. In other words, the extension of the roof which goes around. In the middle, you placed your schach. Abaye is saying that thickness of the roofing, which is inside the housing, you can see it, there's a halacha that says you can see it as if that extends down, which means even though in my sukkah it looks like I have no walls, here it's very interesting that the roofing is actually serving as if it goes down, just serving as my wall. So that's Abayi. He says, Rav Amar Psula, Lo Amrina Pitikri Yorid Vesosi. Rav says, I don't think you can use that to make a wall. Amr Le Rav Alabai, Rav challenges Abayi, Ledidach, Amr Pitikri Yorid Vesosi. According to you, that we do say, you can go down, Afilu Hivchis Dofen Emtsoi. Would you even say it in a different case, where a person had a three-walled sukkah, put up his schach, and the middle of his three walls, the middle of his U, fell down. It says, Rav, are you going to say the sukkah is kosher because I can view the thickness of the schach as the p-tikra, as the thickness of the roof to allow it to go down to make the third wall of a sukkah? Are you really dropping that as long as your schach is thick enough, then you can, 
you can look at the schach because of a halacha. Look at the schach as if it goes down to make a third wall of your sukkah. Even me who's saying it, I'm not going to say it in a case where the sukkah is wide open. I'm saying it in a specific case, which is in our case where it's surrounded by houses, and then you have the roof extension. So in that case, which is more enclosed, there's a halacha l'moshevacinai, which says you can see the roof as if it goes down to make a wall. But if you have a sukkah in an open place, which only has two walls, Abayi says, I agree, you can't use the thickness of the roof to view it as if it goes down to create a third wall. Leim Abayi Barabbaf looked at the Rav Shmokimif. When he says the Gemara, is it right to say that the disagreement between Abayi and Rav is really the same disagreement as Rav and Shmuel? To Itmar, we learned. Achsadra, Bibika, a person had this Achsadra, which imagine he had four pillars, um, holding up a roofing. Okay, this is picture 120 if you have it. Okay, so it's just, it's just a, a roof being held up by the four corners by four different pillars. Even though it looks like you have no walls, Rav says you can really carry inside of that place because you see the thickness of the, of the roof as if it's the wall and therefore you really have mechitzas, you have walls on Shabbos to allow you to carry. Shmuel says, I disagree. I hold you don't view the thickness of the roof as if it's the wall, and therefore you're left with a place without walls, which means up until four ambas a person could carry. More than that, a person is not allowed to carry. So the Gemara is asking, is it right to say that the disagreement between Rav and Shmuel is really the same disagreement as Abayi and Rav? The Gemara says, no, which means in Shmuel's opinion, who said that it does not serve as a wall, Abayi and Rav are going to have to agree that Shmuel's for sure saying that you don't see the thickness of the roof as if it's a wall. But keep they'll have their disagreement in Rav's opinion. Abayi will say, just like Rav there, said that you can view the roof as if it's the wall to allow me to carry inside, so too, says Abaye, he would say regarding sukkah, you can view the roof as if it's a wall to make the sukkah kosher. <clears throat> the Rava Amar, Rava will say, Rava will say, even Rav who allowed you to carry, I'll say the only time he considered the roofing as a wall is there where the roof was made for this place directly underneath it. Right? I wanted to make a shady place, so I built a roof with four pillars. So Rav says that even Rav, who said you can view the thickness of the roof as if it's the wall, that's because the reason he made that roof was to divide this place directly underneath it. But in our case, which was the, the U-shaped housing, with the roofing, the, the roofing in, in the inside, the point of the roofing was for the placement underneath the roofing. I come and build a sukkah in the middle, supporting it on all the roofing. So says Rava, to say that the thickness of this wall can serve as the wall of a place for my sukkah, which the purpose of this overhang was for its place, to extend it to use the thickness of this wall for the outer place, which is my sukkah, which was, not the, which was not the intention of my building of the achsadra, my, 
the, 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 the patio or the extension of the roof, even Rav would not say in that case you could do that. Okay, so just to summarize, we, we found the Machlokas Rav and Shmuel regarding Hilcha Shabbos, regarding what allows a person to carry. One opinion says you can, yes, view the roofing as an extension to allow a person to carry. Shmuel says you cannot. So in Shmuel, everyone's going to agree that you can basically never see the thickness of the roof as if it's the wall. In Rav, who said that regarding Hilcha Shabbos, you can see the thickness of the roof as if it comes down and as if it's the wall. Then we have a disagreement, Abaye and Rava, would he even allow it by sukkah to make up a wall? Or would he only say it by Hilcha Shabbos because there the roofing was made for that place which it's providing shade for? I made a roof here to provide shade for the place under. So maybe that's where Rav said you can see the, the roof as if it's the wall of that same place. And Rav is saying, but I don't think Rav would ever say it in our case, which is I made a roof here which had a thickness. The point of this roof was to provide shade for the place under. Somebody came later and said, oh, I'm going to use that to hold up my schach. So I put up my schach. So it says Rav, I don't think even Rav would ever say you can use the thickness of this roof for your sukkah because the point of this roof wasn't made for your sukkah. The point of this roof was made for, to provide shade for the place under it. To go and say, I can use the thickness of this roof for a new place, which is your new sukkah, which you built in the middle, Rav is saying, I don't think even Rav would have ever said it in such a case. Okay, this is my last day for this, for this, uh, for this trip. Thank you, everybody, for coming. <laughs>